Lincoln Riley, James Franklin, Dabo Sweeney, of those three coaches, moving forward, who do you have the most faith in to win a national championship? It is Hick at Night. Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Happy Saturday. Welcome on and appreciate you making us a part of your weekend right here on CBS Sports Radio. If you're just joining or unfortunately got to leave soon, good news for you. You can still keep in tune and stay up to date with the show by making sure you subscribe and download to the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. All four hours of the show uploaded right there. Plus, throughout the week, bonus material as well. Guess what? It's free. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Hick at night. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Okay. So back to the question I just asked you before. Who do you have the most faith in to win a national championship going forward? I know Dabo's got two. We're not talking about those two. We're talking about right now, this point moving forward. Out of those three coaches, Riley, James Franklin, Dabo Sweeney, who do you have the most faith in to win a national title? My answer is Lincoln Riley. I'm going to go Lincoln Riley here for two reasons. Number one, he's always going to have a quarterback. And in football, right, we know if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And so at least Lincoln Riley, bare minimum, will have a top, five quarterback in college football most of the time on his roster. And the other reason is this. I'm not saying he's Kirby Smart or directly comparing him to Kirby Smart. But I will say this. Just because there are doubts and questions of of whether you can win the big game does not exclude you from eventually breaking through. Let's go back to Kirby Smart here really fast at Georgia. Before he broke through and won two national championships, don't forget there are a lot of questions And even some doubts if Kirby could win the big game. If he could have enough offense to be able to score enough points to beat Alabama, to beat Clemson, to beat other teams in order to win a national title. And anytime Georgia fell short, whether it was in the SEC title game, whether it was in the national championship game, the questions and concerns were always on the offensive side of the football. Quarterback, system, etc. Now, Kirby obviously put all of those doubts aside in winning not one but two straight national championships and now going for a three-peat. But there were a lot of questions in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Could Kirby break through? Same questions with Lincoln Riley. Now, USC has not gone, um, that tenure has not gone the way I thought it would in terms of going to be two years and zero college football playoff appearances. But this is a guy who has gotten his teams at Oklahoma to the college football playoff. Came close one year against Kirby Smart's Georgia team uh, in terms of breaking through, winning a college football playoff semifinal game and making a national title game. He's gotten close. The you know with Kirby Smart, the questions with him on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously with Lincoln Riley, the questions are on the defensive side of the ball. If you can have a good enough defense, tough enough offensive line in order to win with the big boys and win it all. But just because you have questions doesn't mean that they can't eventually be answered, even though we've seen right now Lincoln Riley take a step back at USC compared to uh, what we saw at Oklahoma. But out of those three coaches, I have the most faith in Lincoln to break through, win a national title. I do think he's going to win one in his career. I don't think he's going to the NFL anytime soon. I don't think he's really suited to be an NFL head coach. 
I think he'll be a college coach, and I think he will have success with the Trojans and eventually break through and win a national title. James Franklin I have second on my list. I think he's the second most likely to win a national title. Because similar to Lincoln Riley, he's going to have talent in order to year-in, year-out compete. I do, though, have major questions and, at this point, serious doubts about James Franklin breaking through. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm a Penn State alum. Love this team. I thought this was the year. This was supposed to be the year. They finally break through. Ohio State is not as good as they've been in years past. You get Michigan at home, but bare minimum, even if you can't beat the Wolverines, you should at least beat the Buckeyes and be 11-1 and with a good chance to make the playoff. And to have that offensive performance like you did on Saturday, to not even have this team ready to play, or at least the offense ready to play, is why I have serious doubts if Franklin will ever get over the hump. And that offense on Saturday in a big game was unfortunately like I've seen a lot right now in the James Franklin tenure at Penn State. They were timid. They played not to lose. They were scared. They never were in a rhythm. They looked tight. It was embarrassing. It was frustrating. There was a lot of adjectives I could use and not a lot I could use on the air. So I'll save, you know, cursing and getting in trouble with the FCC here. So I'll stop talking about my frustration from Saturday. But a lot of the big game woes that I personally thought were a little bit overblown with James Franklin specifically, unfortunately, were proven true on Saturday. And moving forward, I don't have a lot of faith right now that Penn State can beat Michigan this year, beat Michigan next year, beat Ohio State next year. I don't think it's going to happen. I've, I've never been lower on James Franklin than I am right now. But there's a reason why he's second on my list and not third. I can't even, like, I think Lincoln Riley of the three will win a national title. I can't say that about James Franklin. But I have more faith in Franklin than I do Dabo. Because I think the game has passed Dabo Sweeney by. I am getting major Jimbo Fisher vibes right now from Dabo Sweeney. I don't think he's uh, ever winning a national title again at Clemson. And I don't think he's ever going to make Clemson even an elite program again. Because of what I just said, the game has passed him by. He is someone who I think is stuck in the old days. He's not adjusted right now to modern college football. He's not embraced NIL. He's not embraced the transfer portal. He has not embraced the avenues that every other successful college coach is embracing, whether they want to or not. They know they have to in order to compete and keep up with the big boys. And Dabo Sweeney has dug his heels in, doubled down on his takes on the transfer portal and NIL, not being a fan of either, and then has put Clemson behind Florida State. It has put Clemson right now in tier number two in college football and sinking. And the reason why I'm saying uh, I'm saying I'm getting major Jimbo Fisher vibes, going back to Florida State, look at Jimbo and tell me this is not eerily similar to what we are seeing in real time with Dabo. Jimbo in 2013, right, wins a national title. Next year gets back to the college football playoff. But even when you get back to the college football playoff, that next year, Jameis Winston, it was a lot of, mm, this team's not very good. They're kind of lucky they haven't fallen in the ACC and kind of lucky to be undefeated. They play Oregon, and they get just walloped. They get smoked. And then they had a few 10-win seasons sprinkled in, but they never get back in that serious college football national title contender picture again. And then eventually the losses start to pile up, 
And next thing you know, Jimbo Fisher is 7-6 and six and out the door. We look at Dabo. To his credit, climbed the mountain not once but twice. Two national titles. Gets back to the college football championship game against LSU in 2019. Since that game in 2019, when they got smoked by LSU. It's, yeah, you made the playoff again. You lose to Ohio State. And it's now been a steady drop where DJ Uwe Ungalai was not very good. And the blame was on him. Oh, he he stinks. It's on him. We got Cade Klubnick here. Don't worry. All is well. We got the quarterback that will fix us. Well, oh, jeez. Wow, the offense doesn't look very good. Hmm. The offense line is struggling. The receivers are not very good. The play calling creativity is not really there. Huh. But we were told for two years it was just DJU that was the problem. Hmm. Maybe now we're seeing it's an offensive philosophy problem or a dabble problem or a recruiting problem. A lot of problems popping up right now in Clemson, South Carolina that are not seemingly getting fixed anytime soon. That's why I'm getting major Jimbo Fisher vibes. You win a national title, you don't really adjust, and then there's just a steady fall to the point where you are 7-6 and six and Dabo gets a life raft thrown at him by Texas A&M. He gets paid. His pockets are lined. Now, guess what? What a shock. He's out winning it with the Aggies. Gee, I'm shocked. But now you're starting to see a slow decline that's picking up speed. Florida State's passed Clemson by. They are now the class of the ACC. They're four and three. And they don't look to be anywhere close to being an elite program. And I don't think, again, that Dabo's going to win another national title because the game of college football, the modern 2023 version of college football, has passed Dabo by. He refuses to adjust. And that's going to cost him. So three coaches that have struggled. In the case of Dabo recently, recently, but with the other two, Lincoln Riley, James Franklin, a lot of questions if they can win the big game. They can break through and finally get over the top. The one I have the most faith in in terms of doing that is Lincoln Riley. Colton, I'm curious your thoughts here. Are these three coaches, who do you have the most faith in winning a national title? I happen to agree with you. Okay. I think it's Lincoln Riley. I think especially with them coming to the Big Ten, I think he's going to get a taste of that. You're not in the Pac-12. You're going to have to get better on defense. Like It's not yeah. going to fly in the Big Ten. Um, and I think he's going to pick up on that really fast and build in the trenches. And like you said, he's always going to have a quarterback. So I think they're going to top right along the side of Ohio State. I don't think Harbaugh is going to be there a lot longer in Michigan. So I think you're going to have Ohio State and USC as the top two teams in the Big Ten. And I think USC, just quarterback playing, I think Lincoln Riley gets there first. Would you put James Franklin or Dabo Sweeney then second? Oh, this is wonderful. This is a wonderful choice here. So you're down on Dabba with me, then? Yeah. Because even if you're going, like, again, there's no reason to believe in James Franklin right now after the latest Ohio State game. Dabba's done it twice. Make me pick, it'd be James Franklin. I, wow, so you're I, with me. See, I don't understand how far Dabba's fallen off a cliff with Clemson. I I can't. They're second. How, how, I thought it was going to be them for the longest time, and then they were going to have to leave just like everyone else is starting to pick apart and it's turned into the Big Ten and just the SEC. I can't believe that Clemson's fallen this far. That's what I'm shocked about. And there's no end in sight. Like, there, there was no end in sight. Not it is. I, I'm with you. It's been a, a precipitous drop right now, and there's 
does not seem to be getting better anytime soon. In large part, because Dabo has failed to adjust. So, Colton or I, on the same page. These three coaches, Lincoln Riley, James Franklin, Dabo Sweeney, who do you have the most faith in to win the national championship moving forward here? I have, and Colton agrees. Lincoln Riley, the most belief. James Franklin, second. And Dabo Sweeney, third by far. The other story we are talking about today is the Michigan alleged cheating scandal where Michigan is accused of illegally filming uh, their opponents ahead of time to get their signals on video in order to decode them before the game in order then once the game is going on to know what play is coming offensively and defensively. If they are found guilty of sign stealing, I don't think they should be allowed to compete for the college wall playoff this year. I think they should be banned and I think Jim Harbaugh should be fired. Do you agree? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Percy. Let's call from Oakland. What's up, Percy? Percy is not there. Let's go to Michigan. Jim is there. What's up, Jimmy? Hello. Uh, uh, it's uh, one junior Michigan staffer, uh, Connor uh, uh, Stallion. He is responsible for all of this, and none of the rest of the Michigan staff knew about any of it. And Michigan just needs to make a public statement and say we had a rogue staffer who did these things. He did do them. They're all true, but we had no knowledge of it. You believe that, Jim? I truly do. You I, think Jim I, Harbaugh had no idea? No idea. Uh, Connor is an obsessive super fan. This goes back. He was hired last year, but the this this. Years ago, he was an obsessive super fan. Even when he's in the Marine Corps, I, I salute his service. I also. Same. But anyway, uh, but he went to every single Michigan home and away game, an obsessive super fan for years and years and years, finally hired on as a junior staffer. And then I believe he did do this stuff, uh, paid people and uh, what the coach said, probably all true, all Connor Stallion's doing. He has a 500-page manifesto. Yes. For how to take over Michigan football. He had a text that you can see of him to this graduate assistant, just crazy stuff he said. But anyway, I'll shut up and let you know. No, talk. no, no, Joe, I want to talk to you because you obviously sound like a man who has read everything so far that's come out this week. So let me ask yes, you this sir. then. I'm sure then you have seen pictures uh, that have come out this week as well on social media of Connor Stallions next to Jim Harbaugh, next to the offense coordinator, next to the defense coordinator. Have you seen those? Yes, sir. He, okay. He is an obsessive super right. fan going back right. years. Let me ask you this, though. If no one else on the coaching staff knew, you just think it like they just – like how do you think that the – let me ask you, I guess, this way. Sorry, I, I am confusing myself here. Yes. So you just think that the Michigan coaching staff had this guy in Connor Stallions who knew every team's signals – before the game even started, and they didn't ask any questions. They just had their head buried in the sand and said, wow, this guy is great. Just stand next to the defensive coordinator, and every signal you know, we're just going to just happen to have you stand there and know uh, know them all without illegally getting them. I don't believe that any of them knew that he purported to do that, that he purported to know that. I think he was hired as a junior staffer, like probably who knows what he was doing, but he just it's just all positioning. I think he really has, not not to put the poor man down, but mental issues, and and this is just part of his obsessive uh, fandom, the the culmination of it. Jim. Is this Jim Harbaugh? 
Uh, no, sir. I, I, yeah, but I, I do. Uh, Are you sure? Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, uh, getting the opportunity to speak, but I wish Michigan would just have a press conference. We had a break-in in January. One of our assistant coaches got fired for going through personal computer data, but I think what he was trying to do was find out what is Connor up to. I think he was very concerned about Connor and Connor was only hired last year. Jim, Jim, I I could not – I think personally you are very wrong. I think Jim Harbaugh, if not approved of it, definitely knows it's going on without a doubt. There's no way Jim Harbaugh does not know about this scheme that is so elaborate, so big, and has gained such a distinct advantage. You are, are now trying to tell me that the former Michigan offensive coordinator that was fired that now is the FBI investigating him for illegal computer crimes. He got fired and is being investigated by the FBI because he was instead trying to check on Connor Stallions? Yes, yes, oh I do. Oh, my God. I think God. he's concerned because Connor, again, Jim. has exhibited this for years. Jim, you think a guy's being investigated by the FBI because he was instead trying to just look out for one of his own fellow staffers. Uh, uh, not look out for him. Trying to find out what he was up to. Because he's uh, he, he kind of oh. sensed that there's this weird conspiracy going on by a junior staffer. And it turned out to you be You think the FBI real. is getting involved in a college football cheating scheme? You think they got nothing yeah. better to do? I, I, I really, I, I, I am a, a big FBI fan, but I... Uh, I, I just think that here it's a little misplaced. I wish Michigan would just come Jim. forth with a public statement and say, hey, we got one rogue junior staffer, and we really didn't know about any of this. Jim, I, I appreciate the spin zone. I am personally an optimist myself, so I like to look at everything glass half full. That is the most glass half full Michigan fan spin zone I think I've ever heard. The FBI is not getting involved because a Michigan staffer is trying to see what another Michigan staffer is up to. And there is no way with how elaborate, allegedly, right, of course, allegedly, this cheating scheme is, there is no way, no way that Jim Harbaugh does not know about it. He is going to get fired if this is true and if Michigan is guilty. If he didn't, because... You don't have to uh, devise the plan. I'm not sitting here telling you this is Jim Harbaugh's elaborate baby on how to steal signs. Bare minimum, Jim Harbaugh allowed it to happen. Bare minimum. He knew what was going on and allowed it to happen. These college coaches, don't forget, they are the judge, jury, and executioner comes to their college campus. They are, the most part, the highest paid employee. In most cases, the highest paid state employee. They know what's going on. They are not changing the toilet paper in the football facility without the coach's approval first. Everything gets run by them. There is no way this cheating scandal was going on in this elaborate scheme of sending people to 12 out of 13 Big Ten stadiums, now sending um, allegedly people to other conferences' games to scout potential college football playoff opponents. No way this is all going on. And Jim Harbaugh has no idea. That is absolutely not the case. No chance I believe that. All right, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. 
We will continue to take your thoughts here on Michigan. Should they be banned from the college football playoff if found guilty of cheating? Also, when we return here, it's been a few weeks. I have missed you, but it is back. And hopefully better than ever. Hickeys, pickies. Five games. We are picking them next. If you want to be a Hickeys, pickies participant, now is the time to call. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We'll take the first caller, Hickeys, pickies. I'll, I will promise you this. There is no better time to be a contestant on Hickey's Pickies because I don't throw him under the bus, so I'll, I'll leave him nameless for now. We'll bring him up after uh, when we come back from the break. But the last person, two weeks ago, Hickey's Pickies, the contestant, 0-5. You can't do any worse. You cannot do any worse. Only up from here, 855-212-4227. First person at that number we will call or we will, I should say, have on the show for Hickey's Pickies. When we return, it's Ryan Hickey with you on CBS Sports Radio. Let's go Hickey's Pickies time. If you can sense a little extra excitement in my voice, that's because your boy's coming off a good week. Last time I talked to you here, October 7th to be exact, three and two that week, a the first winning week since week number one. It's been rough. Your boy on the season right now, 10, 14, and one. On the season, it's been rough. 10-14-1, not very good. John in Chicago right now is our leader. 3-1-1 one, one on the season. Chris of Maryland, 3-2. and two. Aaron in Colorado Springs, 2-3. and three. Mike in Miami, 1-4. and four. And I hate to do this. I don't want, I don't, I'm not trying to call him out, but the leaderboard is a leaderboard. Ryan Botcher does a great job producing. Went 0-5. 0-5. Oh, the only winless man right now in Hickey's Picky so far. But... You heard the leader, 3-1-1, one, one, John in Chicago, which means a 4-1, and 5-0 and oh. record is still out there. We go to Canada and welcome in Dave. Hello, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Good, buddy. Good. Welcome to Hickey's Pickies. Are you All aware? Right. If you're unaware how we play, I'll keep it very simple. We got five okay. games here picking with the spread. We got the five best games of the weekend, college football and NFL mixed into one here. We're talking big games. We're picking big games. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's start in the NFL. Biggest game of the weekend, Bengals at the 49ers. 49ers, four-point favorites at home. Brock Purdy's status, still uncertain. Could be Sam Darnold. Could be Brock Purdy. Taking the 49ers minus four of the Bengals here. I'm taking the Niners. I think Purdy's going to play. I think they're going to have Debo back. And... Um... Yeah, the Niners are a solid team. I am also going the Niners. I'm with you. Even if Sam Darnold plays, they're just too good. I don't like the Bengals' offense the way they're looking right now. I'm with you. San Fran, minus four at home, laying the points there. Monday Night Football, Raiders at the Lions. Lions are eight-point favorites at home. I'll go first here, Dave. I'm taking Detroit. I think uh, Josh McDaniels is the worst head coach in the NFL. Can't coach offense whatsoever. They're going to be fired up for the first Monday night football game in a while in Detroit. Crowd's going to be jumping. That feeds this team as well. Lions minus eight, win and cover. How about yourself? And they're going to be mad at, at last week, too. So Good I'm point. going with the Lions, too. Good point. And yeah, Josh McDaniels, where's his, his success been outside of New England? Nowhere. Nowhere. You are 100% right on that, Dave. He stinks. 
he is a joke with, with Denver, and now we're seeing it with Vegas as well. All right, final NFL game. Rams at the Cowboys. Cowboys at home, minus six coming off that. Two weeks ago, Monday night victory over the Chargers. They did have a bye now. Where are you going here, Dave? Oh, man, the Cowboys, they're, they're just the ultimate roller coaster. I'm glad I'm not a fan. Um, I am going to go the Rams on All that. All right. First but, disagreement. Uh, you don't yeah. sound too confident. No, I'm not super confident, but maybe it's just because I don't like the Cowboys. I don't know. I don't trust the Cowboys in the postseason. I'll trust them here at least the regular season. Um, they, I trust their offense. I'm a little worried about right now with, with L.A., uh, kind of the funk they're going through right now. Dallas at home, I'll take a win by a touchdown. Minus six, I'll lay it. I don't feel great about it either. I mean, you don't, you don't sound confident in the Rams. I'm not overly confident in the Cowboys right now, but I will take a minus six at home. All right, let's go to college football here. Big one, biggest one of the weekend. Number eight, Oregon at number 13, Utah. Ducks on the road, six and a half point favorites. I'll go first here, Dave. I'm taking Oregon. I think they are one of the most well-balanced teams. They can run the ball elite. They can pass the ball at elite level. Tremendous defense as well. They're tough. They're physical. They're fast. They're smart. I like Oregon a lot. I'll take the Ducks here, minus six and a half on the road. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you. Did Utah not just beat up, beat USC last week? They beat them up. So... They're, uh, they've had their glory moment. They're going to have big heads, and uh, I think Oregon's going to beat them. Now, let me ask you this just really quickly here. Uh, yeah. Kyle Whittingham today was on the Pat McAfee show. He rolled up in a sleeveless sweatshirt riding a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Does that change your thoughts on all about Utah? <laughs> <laughs> it was well, a badass look. Me li- makes me like him. It was a badass look. I did start watching Terminator 2 the other day. I got to finish it on the weekend here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's not, you're not going to change. It was, wow. You're right. If they need a, you know, a fullback here to convert a fourth and one, uh, there's maybe no head coach I would rather trust for now than Kyle Whittingham. Even uh, at his age, he looks like he's ready to go. He was jacked. And he was ready. Badass man. But, uh, all right. Not changing the pick. I respect that. Still on Oregon minus six and a half. Finally. World's largest outdoor cocktail party. Number one, Georgia. 14-point favorite over Florida in Jacksonville. Where are we going, Georgia? Uh, where are we going, Dave? Man, I, I, I can't I – don't, I don't think you can pick – well, they're not going to lose. I, I don't think you can pick against, against Georgia right now. They're two-time national champions. Um, when's the last time they lost a game? And they're blowing everybody out. And Florida's nothing special. So I'm going to go with Georgia. To answer your question, 2021 SEC title game, they lost Alabama. That was our last loss we've seen. I think it's 24 in a row, I want to say. That number, I could be off, but somewhere in that range. I'll take Florida to cover. I think Georgia's going to win the game. I think 14 points are too much. Their best player, Brock Bowers, is out. Rivalry game. I will take Florida to keep it close. Georgia to win the game. All right. Hickey's pickies. Those are the five picks. You're on Georgia minus 14. I'm on Florida. We're both on Oregon minus six and a half. We're both on Detroit minus eight. Both on the 49ers minus four. You take the Rams plus eight. I'll take the Cowboys minus eight as well. Or minus six. I'm sorry. Minus six at home. All right, Dave. You also called about Michigan. 
Let's hear it. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier that everybody knows, has a sense of what's right and wrong. And uh, this is no different. Um, when, you, when you cross the line uh, of, of, of cheating, um, you know it. And they tried it and they got caught. Let me t- uh, just a quick story. Um, took my daughter to her to her basketball game last year. She's 12 years old. Um, communication mishap. Won't get into the details. Ended up that none of the teams showed up. They were they they had the oh, wrong geez. time. But but none of the teams showed up. But but we we were looking at it, at something else at the schedule online, and we were there at the right time. So she was the only player. The, and so the game didn't happen. The other the other team was there, and uh, so they did a scrimmage. And they said the coach came over and said, "Hey, do you want to play with us?" Sure. So it was really good, and, and she, the nice of them, and the team uh, had a scrimmage with her, and uh, they coached them throughout. Then then as we were leaving, uh, thank you very much. Right, we were leaving. We were walking out. My daughter says to me, she says, "You know, Dad, like." They were telling me all of our all of their plays, and they, this is there are only about five teams in the division, so they're going to play them again. They were telling me all their plays, and so I know what their plays are. She's like, "But I don't know if I should tell my team what their plays are." I said, "Well, good question, very interesting question, you know, and like that's your that, 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 and that's the right and wrong, right? So right down to twelve years old, you know what's right and wrong, um, and and." And when it comes to Houston or or Michigan, it, you know this this is uh, this is unacceptable, and I and I hope they get the book thrown at them. Would um, you ban them from the college football playoff if they are guilty? Hundred percent, hundred percent, no question. All right, uh, Dave, appreciate you uh, joining us here for Hickey Spake. He's also giving your take on Michigan. Now, I think it's a little different, just in the sense that with your daughter, that feel like a little bit more moral. Like, if she was to tell her teammates, it sounds like she didn't. I'm going to assume by the way the story went. At least she had some sort of guilty conscience, which is good. Right? You want it in, um, in a person that's about to be a young adult soon. But at least in her case, in your daughter's case, like, it's not. If she was to tell her teammates, it's not illegal. You're not breaking any laws. It's just, honestly, good gamesmanship, if you will. If you want to look at it from that perspective. Whereas, look at what Michigan is doing. Going out there, breaking rules illegally scouting teams in their uh, in opponent stadiums can't do that in person and also now recording and using video to record them as well cannot do that um breaking two NCA rules i think along with just going above and beyond and getting a massive advantage that is where for me at least why i've no sympathy and why i think like you just said Dave the book should be thrown at michigan in terms of if found guilty if all right, I can assume guilty, but if proven true, should not be allowed to compete in the college football playoff. We'll continue to take your thoughts here. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Also, it was a great game. I got to sprinkle a little bit of the World Series in here as well, including Adolis Garcia, the baddest man in baseball, has earned himself after tonight's game the Barry Bonds treatment. I'll tell you what that means when we return. It's Ryan Hickey with you on CBS Sports Radio. Here to update the World Series and a lot more in the world of sports on this Friday night. With the latest update is Marco Belletti.
Hey, take a night. Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. That is the call of the walk-off home run courtesy of Texas Rangers Radio. They take game number one on that walk-off homer, 6-5 to five by Adolis Garcia in the 11th inning. Garcia is unbelievable. He is, I mean, he's over the heater of all heaters right now. He is on one. He has earned himself the rest of this series, the Barry Bonds treatment, meaning if you are an Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher, you cannot throw him another strike. You walk him every time. I don't care if it's two outs and no one on in the first inning. I don't care if it's a base loaded. You throw up the four fingers. You give him the intentional walk because this guy is hitting everything he sees. Eight homers now in the postseason. 22 RBIs. A postseason record. Think about for how long baseball's been around. No one. No one in baseball history has more RBIs in a postseason than Adolis Garcia with 22. And counting at least three more games left. So, yeah, if you're Arizona, you cannot pitch to him again. No way, Jose. Put up the four fingers and walk him. Save yourself. At least one hit a home run or drive someone, and that's what he's been doing. He's been automatic. But I want to ask you this, Colton, because not just Adolis Garcia stole the show. A Rangers fan has also stolen the show. I am looking right now on social media. There is a Rangers fan that was at the game tonight when they were trailing 5-3 to three in the ninth inning who I guess told his buddy, hey, look, if Corey Seager hits a home run here, I'll pee my pants. And to this fan's credit... There is video, I am looking at it right now, of his crotch. His crotch is wet. He has peed his pants in the stadium, in his seats, and followed through on his promise of Corey Seager hitting a home run and him following through on peeing his pants. Would you ever be in a situation where you would pee your pants for your team to come through? Super Bowl would be about it. About it. That's it. Or maybe go to a Super Bowl. That'd be about it. Like Outside of that... I know you mentioned during the break, like, oh, you're going to the game Thursday. I'm going to the Steelers-Titans game Thursday. What Big about Steelers then? fan. Yeah. You are? It'd be a great feeling going out of the stadium on a high like that. Walk off, touchdown, pick it to pickings. I am not peeing my pants. That Let will, me ask you this. You're down by four. Ten seconds left. Hail Mary situation. If I say Colton right now, they complete this Hail Mary, you pee your pants. No, sir. You're saying no. Yeah, I'm not peeing my pants, man. That's what I where you end up pants. on social media all over the place for it. You know, as you walk out and you're you clearly peed your pants like I'm going to the game. It's going to be freezing cold this weekend. It's going to be like in the 40s. So I'm going to have jeans on. You're clearly going to see it that I, you know, peed my pants all the way down. I'm good. If I was wearing shorts, maybe I'd hide it a little bit, you know, hide it with the jersey. It's even worse, I think. Then the pee uh, runs down your leg. Yeah, but then I can go to the bathroom and clean it up. I'm not cleaning up jeans, man. This guy's wearing pants, too. So it's all oh. and it's like grayish pants that you can definitely see. Oh, boy. I'd be more concerned with the smell, to be honest. Like, that, you got to think about it, too. Like, that Corey Seager home run didn't win the game. We're talking about, in this case, for you peeing your pants, the Steelers win the game. That go to overtime. You pee your pants. You're there for another two innings. Right, this game went to the 11th inning. I would be pissed if I was someone sitting next to him. And, like, it's like, think, of, like, think about it. You're at the game, and all of a sudden, it's like, what is that smell? Oh, my God. This guy peed his pants. Now, again, it's for, I mean, I don't want to say it's for a good cause, but, you know, I don't think Corey Seager had the home run because this guy peed his pants. But 
I appreciate all this. I have respect him following through. I would not have sat there. I would not pee my pants for my team. Maybe again, Super Bowl, World Series, national title game, different story. Um, I mean, World Series is pretty big, so maybe different, you know. But I, I think I would try to go a different level. I don't know what. I, I would think of something. I would not pee my pants. That's See, where I've I followed probably... up on my call before. It was very similar. Like, oh, if the Steelers somehow win this game, it was the, gosh, was that the wild card game when they played the Bengals? And, like, no way the Steelers win. That was the Jeremy Hill fumble game. Or, as some people would know, the Vontaze Perfect game. Yes, that also, and the Joey Porter game. But, uh, again, I was like, oh, if the Steelers somehow win this, I'm going to take a I'm gonna take a lap around the neighborhood in my drawers. And okay. And somehow the Steelers, I don't know, win the game. I'm like, holy cow, though, you doing it? I'm like, see ya, shirt. And just ran around in the underwear around the block. And it was, uh, like, almost starting near a mile. I live, live in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, the guy... Worth it, though, Hickey. I would take my pants off. Like, boxers on, obviously. We're not, no indecent exposure here, please. Uh, you almost caught yourself. But, like, if it's, like, pee your pants, like, hey, look, I'll drop my pants for the rest of the game if, if in this case, Corey Seager hits a home run, I would do it. I'd definitely rather do that than pee my pants and have that just sit around for a few, uh, few hours. But, hey, you know what? End of the day, respect the fandom. Whatever it takes, folks. Whatever it takes to win, that's what you got to do. Respect this Texas Ranger fan who promised if Corey Seager hits a home run in the ninth inning, he'll pee his pants, and damn it, he did it, and credit this fan for following through. All right, we were also talking, speaking of following through, Michigan set out to to return to elite status, and they are following through, even if it means doing so by illegal manners. This week accused of illegal sign-stealing recording signals to get a big-time advantage, if found guilty. I can't see how they should be allowed to compete for a national title this year. And I think Jim Harbaugh will and should be fired if found guilty of cheating. Do you agree? 855-212-4227. We go to a good friend of the show, Ken in Michigan. Hello, Ken. Ryan, I got to say it truthfully, bro. I'm a little disappointed in you. Disappointed in me? you've, You've already got that noose around Harbaugh's neck. Well, what? What do you want me to do, Ken? I'm looking at the evidence. I'm not, first of all, I'm, I did not say at any point he is guilty. I said if. There's a lot of ifs here, a lot of the words, allegations, and accusations. We're not there's assuming a, guilt. There's a whole lot of national media already got him tried and convicted. And let, let me just ask, point out a couple of things, if you don't sure, mind, please. Sure, Ken. All right. Uh, this so-called joker, I don't remember his name, uh, he's always beside Harbaugh at the game. So how in the hell is he? At other people's games, stealing their signals. What's well, not and, him? Uh, it's other people he's sending out there. Well, I know, but uh, so Joe Montana, Brady Quinn, and a couple of people like that come out this week and said they've been stealing signals since football's been being played. That's just part of the game. Ohio State actually come out and said after the game in Ann Arbor in '21, yeah, Michigan was stealing our signals last year. So we changed them up for the game in Columbus. How'd that work out for them changing their signals? How about MSU a week ago where we put a foot so far up their ass they can't even get to the proctologist? Uh, uh, Harlan Barnett said, well, we're not going to worry about those signals because the quarterback's bringing the play in off the sideline every play. How'd that work out for MSU? Yeah, well, Michigan State stinks. Ken, you know that. You don't need to What's steal that? science. Said Michigan State stinks. You don't need to steal science to, to beat them, all right? Well, I'm just saying they brought their play and off the bench every every single play. 
but uh, you know, no, they um, did. But Ken, you also you have to, and I apologize, but we're running a little late here. I gotta let you go. You have to admit, if you know a play is coming, you have a massive advantage. There's no denying that, and that's what Michigan is being accused of: knowing what play is coming each and every down. All right, we'll continue to take Michigan Michigan thoughts on as uh, also as well on Tuesday. The first edition of the college football playoff committee's rankings are being released. I'll tell you what the top four should be, including a change in number one. It's Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio.